Long ago, five nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the Druun attacked. Only the dragon, master of random powers and elements, could stop them. When the world needed the most, they were turned into stone. And that's essentially 500 years later, Raya believes a new dragon can save the world. And even though Sisu is powerful, she has a lot to learn. But Raya believes the last dragon can save everyone. The greatest movie synopsis I think Raya I've ever heard. <laughs> We're talking about Raya, the last Raya and the Last Dragon, if you can't yes. tell. This is the uh the official, quote unquote. I don't know if we do anything that's not official. Avatar the Last Podcaster's <laughs> review of Raya and the Last Dragon. Chris, the way I set this up is I put all your ratings on one slide and then I put all my ratings on the next Sounds slide. Good. I figure let's spend way more time on yours, which will be intelligent yeah. and thought out, and then I'll give mine as an afterthought. And <laughs> that's that'll be our Raya and the Last Dragon review. Sound all right? Sounds fine enough. Excellent. All right, so with uh, so first off with story, I the story was fine to me. Um, the I might guess the story was good. There's a certain moral to the story that I thought was done well enough. I think it had it contradicted itself often. The moral of the story is that the story has to keep trusting in in people, trusting humanity, and that's the way that we're going to have a, a better future, better world, if, if you continue to try and trust people. Now, the thing is, throughout the movie, so they contradict that so many, <laughs> so many times. I mean, by the end of the movie, you get, that point is reinforced, but throughout it, just like, no, I'm not sure I'll be so trustful of, of people. Um, I, I like the sentiment of it. If, if you look at it as keep your trust in humanity, not necessarily keep your trust in an individual person. I could really buy that along with the story, which I think that's kind of what they're going for. Because to me, I, I don't have that type of patience for, for people. Like, uh, you know, J. Cole has a, has a rap lyric, that, that which it's like a same thing as a quote that people say, right? Like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. J. Cole's lyric is, fool me once, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I can't put the blame on you. Fool me three times, F the peace sign, pull the chopper out, which is a gun, and let it rain on you. <laughs> uh, which is a, you know... Uh, That's a pretty heavy-handed strike three, J. Cole. <laughs> for, yeah, very heavy-handed. <laughs> and so... This I feel like that happens. <laughs> and this I'd watch like, nah, I can't can't trust that person. But anyway, but story, I do like the antagon uh the protagonist, uh Raya. I feel like she's a pretty strong protagonist. Um I like her I don't know, her connections with her with the father. She does have an arc herself, so that's done uh fairly well. But I think the moral of the story really pushes the most, so it gets an eight out of ten. That's his uh, emotion. That emotion was fine, um, which I think was serviceable. And it really, I think, kicked up a little bit there towards the end. It's a couple of different reunions. Um, and I think I think Raya's father, who is voiced by... 
I want to say Daniel Day Kim is his name. He is the voice. He does. He's done several voices in Avatar series. He voiced, I think his name was General Fong, who in the episode Avatar, the Avatar State, where he tries to get Aang to go into the Avatar State. The guy who's like, supposed to be on our side, but he's also a jerk. Yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, he also voices Hiroshi Sato, uh, Asami's father. So I really like his his voice. He's my choice to play Fire Lord um, Ozai in a live action version. So hopefully it's that chance. He's and he's pretty. He's worked with Mike Brown. Well, Mike Brown is no longer working on the live action adaption, but he has he has history in Avatar. I think they will be foolish not to hire him if he wanted the job. But he also, I mean, to me, he he has like the cheekbones of Fire Lord Ozai. <laughs> like, like when you first see Fire Lord Ozai. It's a really interesting look because he because he, he looks so regal, right? Like this is the first time we see him. Like you're expecting like the toughest looking BA guy, but instead he's like he has very slick hair. He has like dominant features and stuff. He's if you didn't know any better, he would just be like a handsome looking man. It's a very upright <laughs> look. Yeah. Uh, anyway, emotion gets a seven point five out of ten. All right, action. Uh, really, there's only like two action sequences in here, and it's really the same two people. It's Raya um, versus what is her name again? Namari. The... Namari. Am I saying that right though? Perhaps. Um, Perhaps which, not. Which I think, <laughs> which I think those fight scenes were done, uh, you know, fairly well. I really like Raya's weapon. I like the the difference kind of between the two and how the two fight. But they were just okay at the see because I wasn't ever just like giddy with the action. Like I can always kind of sort of an out of body experience when I witness like great action. Like I think to myself, wow, this is really good. I'm enjoying it. Like there are there's a certain uh, adrenaline push when I when I get good action. I didn't get that at all, and so action gets seven out of ten. On to comedy, I think I really only found. The uh, <laughs> well, how, how did Raya describe the baby? She I don't called remember, it but I'm gonna agree that the uh, a crooked baby, no, a no, man, there's some you're but you're, she, you're she essentially it. referencing a single line, in yeah, there's a single line, yeah. but that's what I call it. I forgot, anyway, uh, that baby was funny for uh, a few scenes. Um, on the flip side, the comedy. Sometimes comedy can backfire, and I feel like sometimes it does that in, in this movie. Especially, they they use a lot of modern references or, or modern uh, phrases race, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, which that takes me out of the movie because when they're trying to be funny with it, but it's it's the not one funny. Where the also, big fella says something about like I'd like to join you in this butt kickery, and it's in like all the previews and the commercials, and it's not funny at all. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I've heard it a hundred times, and I hate it every time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that was that was an all right. Uh, so I think comedy's kind of a detriment. So uh, six and a half out of ten. Acting, I thought everyone's fairly serviceable. I like the actress who plays Raya. Of course, I like Diane Kim. I thought he wasn't in it all that much. Um, I wasn't. You probably did not like Aquafina, but she was serviceable. She she has such 
she has such a it's gonna sound rude <laughs> peculiar I guess is better than the word I was gonna think of I was gonna say annoying voice um but sometimes annoying voices are annoying for a for a reason like <laughs> um, to an effect to an end yeah annoying, like, imagine yeah, in her defense annoying's not the like it's not the right I think I think peculiar. Yeah, is, we're not, is fine. I, I'm not going to bash on Aquafina, who is a tremendously talented human, by any means. But yeah, there's something about like the oddness of the voice having an end. Yeah, but she sounds like she has a tiny little frog in her throat that's not bothering do you, her. Do you remember just the movie Bolt? There. She sounds like yes. the cat in Bolt. Do you by chance know who plays? I do the- not remember. I do not remember the cat in Bolt. I just remember that Miley Cyrus voice, the girl in Bolt. I like Bolt. Bolt's a good movie. Um, I'm going to find out who played the cat just because I'm curious, but uh, it's not important, but I'm going to find out. That was a good movie. I watched it in in theaters. No, I didn't watch it. I watched it at my... Anyway, not important. All right, so acting, fairly serviceable. Give seven and a half out of ten. Directing, I did not put a nine and a half. That must have been a mistake. (laughs) Uh, was put, it eight and a half? Honestly. I think it was eight and a half. <laughs> it could have been. This isn't that great, Sean. Now, in my uh, defense, the way that you sent over your ratings was borderline illegible. <laughs> That's fine. That's two, three, four, eight. You did an eight and a half. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I thought the animation. It, okay, it's it's great animation, no doubt about that. Uh, some of the scenes with the water was absolutely great. Like it, it had this good realism sense to it, um, but I am admittedly getting bored with Pixar and Disney. This wasn't a Pixar movie. I'm sorry. Um, same difference. You know, I'm getting kind of borderline bored with Disney animation, which I'm I'm so happy with new movies coming out like Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse or Mitchell's versus the Machines or the Lego Movie. Those things that I think are just pushing the animation genre forward and they're not just resting on what's worked in the past like it's it's new and inventive and so but i still can't complain about the animation this because it's it's good animation it's just not uh all that thrilling it's 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 just like disney <laughs> it's disney's pixar look of yeah. 3d models and characters and yeah um i will say i do Love the character designs. Um, I love the dragon character designs are okay. Um, but I do love Raya's design. I love a lot of the individual characters' designs. Uh, even though one of them is a complete, complete ripoff of Korra. And we'll get into that later. But <laughs> Can't wait. Um, and some of the music was done uh, fairly, fairly fine enough. And uh, yeah, so directing gets an eight and a half. Out of ten, not a nine and a half. Come I on, did the I did do the math. I got your number right in the sheet, and your math checks out here. So it's just okay, literally good. me making a typo. My bad. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Uh, which I watched Coco the other day and cried again. <laughs> Gets me every time. I mean, my dog, <laughs> we're surfing someone to watch, and my dog was like, "Oh, we should watch Coco," and I was like, "Yeah, let's watch a movie that uh, that I've never not been able to cry in." Or I've never, whatever. I've never not cried. And she's like, you cried in Coco? And then I thought to myself, well, I've done a good job of hiding that I've cried and all the times that I watched this movie with her. 
But yeah, they're in there. Just never. If it doesn't warm, part... warm your heart up a little bit, then, you know, are so, you alive? I cried. The first time I watched it, I cried in, in two times. The one time when uh, they're both trapped in that underground kind of place, right? And then uh, Hector is like, I just wanted to see my Coco. And then he, they do a quick flashback. And like, and that was more of a, a cry of like having, like, oh, and they figure out that they're family. I'm like, oh, that's, that's just beautiful. That's great. They figure out the family. So I only cry in, in that scene once. But the end, because always gets me, because it's just kind of like one continuous thing, right? And so Miguel is, try, is trying to get Coco to remember Hector. And, uh, and you know, he plays for her. And then, and then, uh, and then finally he, he plays. And then she starts singing with him. And every, the family's crying because, you know, she's been, you know, losing it a little bit. You know, she's not as, 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 uh, they're all there as she was. And they're crying because their grandmother, because, you know, their mother, the, the patriarch of family is, is coming out and she's, she's active and stuff. And also they're crying because like, Oh, she's remembering her, her father. And then now she's telling her story. And then Miguel is crying because he's like, yes, I did it. Like Hector's not going to be forgotten. And so that's, that always, uh, hits me at the heartstrings. And then, uh, when, you know, Miguel says like, he loved you. And it's just like, Oh, that's so hit me. And then, and then it flash forwards a year and then, you know, they have their other quinceanera that come, not quinceanera, I'm sorry. <laughs> quinceanera is, it's a 15 year old birthday. Um, uh, they have their other, uh, Day of the Dead, which I don't know how to say in Spanish. I'm sure you do. De la Muertos? Dia de los Muertos, yeah. Dia de la Muertos, okay. And then, you know, they put their pictures on the ofrenda and then they, they put Coco's picture on there and like that hits me just a little bit because, oh, she passed away. And then back in the day in the land of the dead, and Hector is hug, gives hope gives Coco a big kiss, a big hug, and like oh that, and like so it's just like one, and then they go, and they're able to go back, and they see Miguel like playing his guitar, and they're all dancing around and stuff, and then Hector takes like a ghost guitar from him, and they're all just having this nice happy time, and Coco's with her daughter, the whole thing just freaking wrecks me <laughs> every single time. It's just like a hit after hit. Like, I remember sitting in the movie theater for some reason. I'm sure I took the day off because I do this. I used to do this all the time. Just take the day off and go see a movie. I was sitting in the movie theater by myself. It was the middle of the day. And I was just, like, crying. Just just tears coming down my face. Just alone sitting in the movie theater to a point where I'm just like, am I crying this hard? Like, I, I, it's not that I don't. It's not that I'm ever startled that I'm crying in a movie because I cry in plenty of movies. It's just that how so I started like laughing to the point of hysteria. Like I can't believe I'm crying like this. And it was a crazy surreal moment. Anyway, then some guy comes in to sweep the floors. Like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. You, okay. Right now, you're like Will Smith <laughs> pretending that he's not crying in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's what you are right yeah. now. <laughs> Uh, hey, if you don't feel something during Coco, you probably just don't like to be entertained at all. But no. uh, <laughs> tre- <laughs> tremendous movie. Worth- <laughs> I don't remember how we got here, but go watch Coco. It's amazing. I don't. Oh, I think I was talking about the animation. 
Because I feel like the animation, even though Coco is a Pixar film, I feel like they took the animation up a notch some because there were just certain scenes that just jumped out, like that bridge of the Day of the Dead. Uh, seeing Miguel play the guitar and how much emphasis they put on the actual movements of it. Uh, a lot of it was, was done uh, so well. Anyway, go and watch Coco. The depiction of the afterlife in Coco is so much more mm-hmm. interesting than any other yeah. depiction. Soul included. No offense, Soul fans. Um, not meant to I thought, Disney, yeah. but uh, I, I just I thought Soul was fine. It's, I never need to watch Soul again. Is. I was disappointed because everyone hyped it up. And sometimes, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes, you know, the culture, the black culture, will hype up something because you know we we don't get a lot of stuff all the time, right? So when we get something, we're gonna <laughs> go hype it up. Uh, and so I watched it kind of after the fact. I was like, oh man, this one, this one was kind of it wasn't a miss, but no, my expectations it's a fine movie well, weren't weren't met. <laughs> like we like we hyped up Black Panther. And I love Black Panther. Like I'll hype it up with you, with everybody. But uh, but sometimes we get one that you know we we shouldn't be uh you know, not. It's not that we shouldn't hype it up. It's just that you it's a be big real deal about it. that it's in a Disney Pixar and it was a good, not great yeah. movie. It's I'll watch it again. It's just not. I mean, yeah, I would, but now this depiction, the afterlife, is. is so I keep thinking of the Slumdog Millionaire <laughs> skit from a season. Sorry, Chris, you must be hyped up all this soul stuff, right? <laughs> Every other movie but Slumdog Millionaire, Dark Flowers. <laughs> we... We're white people. <laughs> That's such a great skit. But you know what? To, the feeling I get from Soul is a similar feeling. This is my segue into how I felt about Riot the Last Dragon is that there was a, a lot of hype. I was very excited, mm. and I just came out like, okay, good. That's how I felt yeah. about the whole thing. So let's get into my ratings here. I was pretty big on the story. I thought it told a really nice story. Um, Chris, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't want to demean your rating system that I have no credibility in. So I actually went to whole numbers. I found it slightly less like me trying to abuse <laughs> your well-thought-out, well-crafted ratings. So whole numbers for me. Story was in nine out of ten. I thought that what they're the story they were trying to tell, the lessons they were trying to tell, and you even said it. The lesson here being, you, you trusting in an individual human, and that's going to braver and waken stuff, but you can't let that affect your big picture view. I like latched onto that right away. Loved it. Mm. That was great. And that I'm going to tie that into emotion too. It kind of hit me in a in a big moral place. Um, especially you know we've kind of gone through a turbulent year in this movie and some of its themes might 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 be fitting for the year that we have gone through some of those themes of trust and humanity across the board so it hit me right for those uh action was was good really good even where it was the in-between fight scenes so you know sometimes we lump it into fight scenes when we're doing avatar things but you know there's, yeah. there's certainly more to it too like escaping the drone yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It right some of those yeah. in between where it's not just dialogue or character interaction, but those other types of action scenes, I thought it did uh, really well with those. Maybe just not quite enough of them. Comedy was just meh, very average. If seven is like a, you know, a C grade, mentioned a lot of it was forced, uh, or that I didn't like the baby and the monkeys were just like a plot, just a plot device that wasn't really all that amusing to me. But sort of also lumping into comedy, general charm it was generally charming and that like it would have been way worse but if overall it just wasn't kind of so charming in a makes me smile way i probably would have scored it lower 
but it's not a funny movie by any means. Acting, I was not real pleased with it. I already kind of complained about uh, Aquafina. Um, I think that the big fella, I forget his name, but the big fella wasn't real crazy about him. So some of the too stereotypical. Yeah, some of the choices, uh, directorially and in the voice actors, were were not great. But there was nothing that was really bad that it was like off putting. So I felt like seven was appropriate there, and I really liked um the main antagonist whose name now I forgot, and and Raya herself. I thought they were both good. Raya's dad, I really liked him. So. By and large, good. Betty White was like a weird inclusion because it's really hard to see Betty White as a small Asian woman because you know it's Betty White. And then, I knew it was Betty White. I didn't have to go look at the. You know it immediately, and you just that feels out of place to me. I'm like, why is that? It could have been any cute old lady that's not mm. whatever. It's fine. <laughs> and then directing, I, I'm going to lump in some of these other sort of poor choices. That that are not poor choice. These things that I don't like in these other places, I'm going to lump into directing. And then I also felt like it was maybe a little too uh, a little too heavy handed, uh, a little too predictable. Things like that that I felt like that falls under the directing scope. Hopefully, I'm not misinterpreting your use of these categories too horribly, but no. I felt like it uh, the missed potential sort of is where I put stuff under uh, directing. So overall, that left me at an eight point one. So like. It's still a good movie. I didn't uh, love it, but I really liked it. If that's it's a it's a B minus movie. I'm fine with that. Okay. And that's the Avatar: The Last Podcaster's official, super hyper official, very credible review of Ryan the Last Dragon. Hopefully, we didn't spoil anything too badly for you. We'd love to hear your feedback if you watched the movie and or liked or disliked it. Chris, any final thoughts on Ryan the Last Dragon? Uh, no, because we're getting to a lot more thoughts. Yeah, if you want to see our full thoughts, you have to go watch the entire podcast episode. So go do that. All right, mm-hmm. thanks for watching our review of Ryan the Last Dragon.